0: Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, a weekly podcast for BJJ enthusiasts who are striving to succeed both on and off the mats. This podcast is brought to you by Robles, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel. And here are your hosts on the Jiu-Jitsu of Life, Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui.
1: This is uh, our second attempt at episode number 201. (laughs) Maybe we're just stuck at two hundred, man. Maybe that's it. We just we were never meant to do more than two hundred. Um, but you know, well, what?
2: it's fitting that we're doing this a second time because I was I was concerned the first time around that that um, you know our listener would be upset and they would want to kill the messenger uh, yeah. after hearing the, the message I had delivered on that <laughs> podcast. I was like, no, this this uh, this pod can never be released uh, because. Um, yeah, I just I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel didn't feel uh, it was out of out of character for for me. I, it was more of a venting session, and nobody wants to hear about that. So
1: I, I think they do, and um, <laughs> that,
2: that's exactly what people pay for.
1: I, I didn't know you were <laughs> capable of throwing so many f bombs in one uh, one paragraph. So it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> no, it's but I mean it, you know it's really. What I like about this topic, and and I'm glad that we get to talk about it twice, is it is a really hard thing to be disciplined with. And the idea we're saying, like, don't kill the messenger. and, And what that in my mind sort of means is separating the message from the messenger. And the reason why that is such a hard thing to do is everything in the world sort of pushes against that. I mean, the very idea of social media The idea of an influencer is essentially saying, if you like someone, you should buy whatever they say is good. It literally is saying that, like, trust the messenger, therefore you trust the message. And the problem with doing that is that what if you don't like the person? Well, then now do you hate everything they do and that kind of thing? And that has
2: or 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 real quick, Carter, what about vice versa? What if you do like the person, Yeah, but they're trying to sell you something that is not necessarily good?
1: Yes, and that becomes the problem, and that becomes the quandary, because as we know, people buy things, people do things. They make choices emotionally, and then they retroactively sort of rationalize the choice. Like, well, you know, this, this is why I did this or whatever, and it's like, that's not why you did this. You did this at sort of the flip of a hat. And then now you're looking back going, what is the explanation I can give that makes me look the most intelligent? Because looking at that, that was probably a terrible decision. So, um, and that's the thing, I mean, because we do this all the time with politics, we do this all the time with so many things in life. And I think as a business owner, it's very important to know this because... Yes, you could use the sort of knowledge of persuasion and influence for negative, nefarious purposes. But even if you don't want to do it for that, let's just say you completely believe in what you are selling, you know, whatever service you're offering. I think it behooves you to be the most persuasive about that that you can be, because if you really do believe in what you're offering, then you need to influence people to want to experience what you've got to offer. And so that's the way, sort of the the purest way that I look at it. And then if we flip it around, I'd say, okay, if you are now the consumer of whatever, it can be the consumer of buying something, but it can also be the consumer of information. Then it's very important to separate the message from the messenger because you wanna limit how manipulated you get, how persuaded you get, without knowing that you're being persuaded. Now you may wanna persuade people and and, and to me that, You know, that's a case by case thing. I mean, that can be something where you can definitely persuade people in a bad way, but you can persuade people in a good way. But I think it's very important on the flip side, knowing when you're being persuaded. And I think one of the ways you can really do that is by separating the message from the messenger, because now you can start thinking critically about something. And, you know, you've talked about this before. They always do this on sometimes they do this on late night shows. Sometimes they do this on, you know whatever news station it might be the right or the left they will take quotes and they that that people are going to think are attributed to one person and they're going to say oh no it was actually the other person so they could take something that could be like you know if we raise taxes you know this will be a bad thing for america because it'll cut down on business and send them to grow and blah 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 and people will be like oh that was probably ronald reagan you'll be like well no that was actually john f kennedy like you can, you sort of switch the perspective by separating the message from the messenger. And I think it's really important as just sort of somebody
2: going through life to learn how to separate those two. Um, you You know, know, that's important. I think a good way of saying that is don't focus on who said it, focus on what was said.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's, I guess the question is sort of, why is that so hard to do? Because that's something that you and I sort of struggle with. And when Mo started throwing his F bombs the last episode, um, <laughs> it was because we were talking about different writers that some of which we really like when they're writing what they write. They write books, and, and we've read a lot of these different books. And we're like, man, these, these books are really, they really speak to me. They really, I feel, have enhanced my life and made me better. And then maybe you see the person talk about politics or different things like that, and you're like, well, now I don't like this person. So now what do I do? You know, and that becomes the thing. And I actually think that the one individual we're talking about, the writing is good enough that I'm okay with it for the most part. Like I can go right back into reading this guy's books, even when I see an interview with him or see other stuff where I'm like, ah, I, I don't know. I mean, we, I, I'd have to get to know him. Maybe we get along okay. But just from first reading it, I'm like, I don't like you very much. But I like your writing so much that that it's that it's good. So I think that when the person is skilled enough, you can separate the two. Or or it also I think depends on how you come across the material. And this is why social media stuff, it, I, I it bothers me because it used to be that you got well known for doing something. It was in a specific order. You would work. You'd labor in obscurity. You'd make a product or something like that. The world would hopefully come in and enjoy it or whatever, word would spread, you'd you know, make more of it and this and that. And then sooner or later they'd be like, here's the person behind the product. You know, I mean it's like um, you know, Apple or Microsoft or or whatever product you might want to say. It's like it took a while for people buying those computers or buying the software before finally they're like, oh, there's this guy named Steve Jobs or or you know, whoever it might be, that's behind it, Bill Gates nowadays it's almost like you become famous for being an influencer first and really doing a lot of times i don't know what they're doing i mean it's like oh here i'm at the grocery store here i'm here i'm driving my car it's like to me it looks like a a, like the idea of seinfeld but it's not funny they're doing nothing and it's not funny (laughs) and then after they get enough of a following so after they become famous for being famous essentially Now they start selling stuff. They start shilling stuff. And it's like if they're a workout person, they're going to be shilling like, oh, this is pre-workout or this is protein powder. This thing is brought to you by, you know, they, they start going for the commercial stuff. And so it's this weird order of it's like you become famous first and then you start selling stuff secondly. And then a lot of them will take it even a step further because they'll start making their own stuff or at least white labeling their own stuff. So now it's like you get Kim Kardashian. She's famous for being Kim Kardashian. And then now she's selling perfume or clothes or whatever. But it wasn't like she was a perfume maker, whatever the term is. I'm sure it's French. And then it was like, oh, and this is the lady behind the perfume is Kim Kardashian. It's like, no, she became famous first and then started selling stuff second. And I guess the reason that bothers me is because now it makes it very, very difficult to separate the messenger from the message. And the problem with that is if people like you, they tend to follow you wherever you go. And this is why we end up in cults. This is why we end up in a lot of things. And it's like. That is it's,
2: that it's, is really so interesting, Carter, what, what you have said, because I think that that's really a, a product of social media. Yeah, I think so. Right? Too. Like the idea that, and we were talking about this not too long ago, um, about branding yourself and how yeah. that became a big thing in business, yep. because you're right. If you go back into the eighties and the nineties, it was the, you. no one ever, if, if if you had anybody that was doing your marketing, they never talked to you about branding yourself. It was always about marketing and branding your product. Yep. But ever since social media came around, it's like you are the product. Yes right? People are buying, people are essentially buying you. And I think that, um, so I don't have a problem. I, 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 I literally, the, the fact that things have been flipped and people become influencers first, and then they go ahead and they try to influence other people to buy certain products. I don't necessarily have a, a, I don't have a problem with that. What my advice to myself would be is that just understand that you have to be an independent thinker, regardless of how the information comes uh, to you, right? And so we've talked about this before, where you you don't necessarily want to identify with any sort of political party, because once you do, you've sort of pigeonholed yourself into perhaps defending arguments that you don't necessarily agree with, but the political party that you've identified yourself with, they agree, so now you've put your back against this wall. Whereas if you're an independent thinker, you don't look at political parties, you just look at each Um, issue individually, right? Yeah, yeah. And why is that? Why is that such a difficult thing? Why can't people do that? Why can't I do that? That's a good question.
1: And, And then when you started saying that, I thought about the upcoming California governor election, because there was a guy named Michael Schellenberger, who's a really good writer. He's a really good talker. He wrote uh, San Francisco. He wrote Apocalypse Never. So he was basically, his story is he was a very liberal, uh, I think he was actually in Greenpeace type of guy. And then he started studying the big problems of, of um, energy, environmental issues, uh, like homelessness and all this different stuff. And he realized that a lot of the solutions that they were pushing in places like Greenpeace and things like that were not really making the problem better. And In many cases, they were making the problem worse. And it's his, his mind, he's like, okay, let's take energy Like the idea of wanting to have clean energy is like nuclear makes way more sense than using, you know, wind farms and stuff like that because it's completely sustainable. Uh, The way it's done now, there's very little um, environmental impact and damage and it's totally reliable versus solar. It's if it's not wind, if it's not windy, you literally have to have backup generators. For the solar or for the for the wind, if it's not sunny. You know, I mean, like you always have to have backup power for all these other ones because they are unreliable. So he became a very solution-oriented guy. And he he went so far as to write books on it. So he started going through the different problems in California. He's like, We have got a huge homeless problem, we've got a huge problem with forest fires, we have a huge energy problem, we have a huge water shortage problem. And he literally would detail solution by solution, like in great, great detail, people he's talked to, you know, all these different things. And so now, Mo, you're probably saying to yourself, well, this guy's got a great message. I'm sure he's going to be the next governor of California. Already out of the race, already out of the race, like because he was an independent. And I think one of the problems is, is that because we come from a, a tribal mentality, everyone does. We were in tribes. We were all in you 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 join a tribe. And because Schellenberger, even though he probably would have run as a Democrat if he was going against, you know, Republican, because he was going against Gavin Newsom, who is a Democrat, he went as an independent, literally as an independent. And in many ways in American politics, there's no place for independence because there's no financial driving marketing machine behind it. Because the reason we have the two-party system is because that is where the money is invested. And until you get legitimate money into some sort of third party, you'll never get the marketing push. And it's one of those things that, because the idea of finding who the right messenger is, I think in politics is much more important than the right message, because the message is taken care of by the political parties. It's like, well, I'm a Republican, so I believe in this. And the problem with all that, like you just said, is that it literally takes away independent thought. Because the, the thing is, I would say you contrast it with something like being like a libertarian. We're like, OK, I believe in limited government. I believe in like they're very specific principles that you can use for almost anything. And, and they have their own wackiness and all that, too. But the principles are pretty clear cut versus if you say like, you know. Why? Like here, I'm just going to throw out a, a weird question, but like, why is it that most people that are pro-choice also are against the death penalty? it's like kind of weird, right? Because it's like you're, you're against somebody who murdered somebody getting killed, but it's like when it's a baby, it's like a different, I mean, I know it's like a, I'm not trying to take sides on this or whatever, but it seems like a weird contradiction. It seems like you would be, if you're pro-choice, you would be pro-death penalty. And if you're you know, pro-life, you would be against the death penalty, but it switched. And it's like, well, why is that? It's like, well, it's just politics. And the clearest example in our recent time was the vaccine. Before the 2020 election, ever like you, there's literally clips of all these Democratic leaders being like, oh, "I'm not taking this vaccine. This is a Trump vaccine. There's no way. We got to see that it's safe." And and then as soon as the election switches, that's like, the vaccine should be mandated. I don't see why. Like, it literally switched on a dime because of politics. So, because you have, and I'm saying, I'm not such like trying to bash on Democrats or or replace Republicans, because to me they're both completely guilty of this. They don't really. They have sort of a random set of ideas that they're associated with. I'll, I'll bash the Republicans. They're, they're, oh, we're small government, except we want to have military bases everywhere in the world. We're going to spend trillions of dollars on our, our on wars that are very questionable. And, you know, we're not into spending, except we spend an enormous amount of money. I mean, like, they're full of crap, too. So you have all these sort of ideas that don't really make sense, but they're part of a party line. So you have to have you have to sort of shoehorn a person, because most people I meet don't really believe all these ideas on one political party or the other but it's like but that's the message and then you just cram the messenger in it and that makes it really difficult to get authentic ideas and if you do have authentic ideas you have to be a really 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 good messenger in order to make them happen cuz that's something else that we could talk about for a second is that um the message matters but learning how to say the message in a persuasive way probably matters more and that's well, you know, that-
2: where where I would even um, firsthand experience on this uh, is take business for example. Yeah. yeah, you could have the greatest product in the world. Let's say today I told you, Carter, we did it. We invented the cure for cancer. You take this one pill, and any cancer you have is gone. It would not matter unless the entire world knew that it existed, right? Like your product doesn't yeah. matter. Unless the world knows that it exists that you can actually solve this problem. Yeah, so To a large degree you can have the greatest message in the world But if people aren't listening, it doesn't matter. It's almost as if it never existed, right? so I've I've kind of been torn with man What is what is more important? Is it the message or is it the message? Obviously the message is 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 super important because you know, the message can influence you to go one way or or the other. Right. But without a, without a great messenger, it's the message really doesn't matter, right? If the the messenger fails at delivering the message, then no matter how good the message is, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And vice versa. We've talked about this. You can have a great messenger, but he's delivering a bad message. But because he's so good at what he does. Yes. People will follow. And so you were talking about tribes, and I would almost say, you know, go, you know, I'm going to start venting again, but I would say, you know what, not even tribes, I would say sheep. That's what I feel like it is. I feel like you have a sheep herder and you have sheep, and the sheep just do not question the sheep herder. They just follow. And sometimes that sheep herder can lead you right over a cliff. Now, sometimes the sheep herder is very good, but is the sheep herder perfect? No, because nobody is perfect. Once in a while, the sheep herder will make mistakes. And that's why it's very important to question every single move independently, no matter what. You don't just say, well, you know, 90% of the time the sheep herder's been right, I'm good with whatever he does. No, you continue to think independently for the rest of your life, and going back to someone, and we've talked about this before, someone that was able to deliver a message, but the message was evil and horrible. Someone yeah. like Hitler, right? Like you take yep. Hitler and you put him in the mix, and this is a individual that was extremely good at delivering yeah. the, the the message that he had, yeah. um, but terrible message. And yeah. you know, think independently.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, it's it is it is very difficult at certain times to to think independently because of peer pressure. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure on people to, you know, I mean, another example, I would say just again, bringing up stuff that's recent is masks. So depending on, literally probably depending on somebody's political party at this point, like their, their belief in the effectiveness of masks or whatever, like you see, it almost becomes a signal. Because it's like, you know, it's one of these things where there's people that, like for a while it was the one mask and then all of a sudden it was two masks. But I never saw one person who was wearing two masks wearing two of the same mask. They're always wearing different color masks. And I'm like, well, why is that? Does it, does it confuse COVID? Does COVID like, wait a minute, is that a black mask or a white? I don't, I don't know, and then boom, COVID dies. No, it's because it's to show people I'm wearing two masks, so as you see, white and black. You can
2: see I'm wearing two, ah. masks.
1: and and so it, it became like a signal. And it, you that know, that completely I mean,
2: fooled me. I thought they were doing it to make a fashion statement. Yeah,
1: I mean, it could have been a fashion statement for sure, um, but it's just one of those things no, that
2: they wanted to. They wanted me to know that they were wearing two masks. I think they're well, right. they, their message, their message was completely lost on me because that yeah. one went right over my head. Yeah,
1: so I mean, it, it's you know that becomes something where um at a certain point you have to ask yourself is this really about um and and vice versa i'm not gonna i'm not gonna okay like i I will claim like on the other way like as soon as the mask mandate came off i threw my mask out i'm like i'm not wearing a mask again and it was partly a statement of me being like i'm not doing this like literally just saying that And, and i had you know there was times where i'm like i felt intense peer pressure i literally would go to the store and everybody's wearing a mask and i'm like and i'm like I felt nervous about it. I felt uneasy about it. But I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm just not doing this. And was that smart? Was that dumb? I don't know. Was that me making a statement? It was. So I mean, so I'm completely guilty of it too. I don't want to say that it's just. Other but it was also
2: you it. being an independent thinker, right? Because like it's real easy. Like, how many people I'll give you an example. Here's a here's another example of that. How many people didn't believe and and and, and we're not and, and I'm not here to tell you what, you know, like I believe one way or the other, but just this question. How many people didn't believe in wearing the mask? Yeah. But because they felt so uncomfortable, yeah, when they would go into places like a grocery store, yeah. they would throw on the mask, even though they didn't have to. Like yeah. after the masks were, after everyone said, you don't have to wear masks anymore. Yeah. How many people were like, oh, that's great. I didn't want to wear the mask to begin with, but then yeah. they would go into a supermarket, see everybody wearing masks and be like, okay, let me reach into my pocket and grab my yeah. mask because I yeah. feel uncomfortable. And that's that to me is that sheep mentality, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're seeing what everyone else around you is doing and you don't necessarily believe in it, but because you can't deal with the discomfort of standing out from everybody else, yes you go ahead and do something that you don't necessarily believe in now i'm not saying what's right what's wrong we're not here to talk about science magic oh you know this that and the other but to talk about independent thinking one way or the other you know um i think it's super important
1: yeah it's super important
2: you have to be willing to be
1: uncomfortable but you also have to i think the the balance lies in not being like a contrarian just to be a contrarian you know oh everyone thinks this because you see this you see this in um like the YouTube world and like working out stuff where you get like this trainer like, all the other trainers are going to tell you this, but I'm here to tell you they're wrong because they, and it's like, OK, like, you know, there there are people that are just going to try and take the opposite view just to take the opposite view or the people that are going to um, in this situation not wear a mask because they want attention or they want conflict. And I was like, I didn't want conflict. I'm not a conf- I'm not a confrontational person at all, um, but I just which is why I think this made me so uncomfortable to not wear them. But I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm just not doing it. I believe in this enough to make myself uncomfortable. But I think there's probably other people who are like, someone say something. Come on, let's bring it. You know I mean? Like there's, there's that mentality too, which I think is also not good. I mean, it's, it's a hard balance. It really is. You know, we see this in jujitsu a lot. Uh, I saw this when I started jujitsu a lot because when you're involved in any sort of sport, especially here's something where, you know, social media actually plays in. When you have something like jujitsu where everything is filmed now and everyone watches this stuff almost immediately, like live or right after it happens, people can make technical adjustments almost immediately. Like you see someone do a technique, oh, let's try it like an hour later. Okay, we figured out, oh, we could do this counter. Like the evolution of techniques, strategies, all that stuff is super fast back in the day there was just a few tournaments a year so someone would be working on something in the gym they'd bust it out in a tournament probably which was not filmed and it was just the person who maybe it was done to and a few other people that were watching it they were like oh what was that thing like and they'd have to try and figure it out and maybe so the evolution was a lot slower so because of that people were more guarded with information because it's like once it got out there it's like man like we spent months working on this thing. It's like this secret little, you know, our, our kernel secret recipe or whatever. We don't want to give it away. So the idea of teaching back then was like holding back techniques or like just showing stuff. And, and the idea like, you can't show anyone this. You can't train in another gym. You can't do any of this stuff until there's a competition type thing. Um, and the problem I think with that is it created this idea of like, you can't question what's being shown versus when you look at other combat sports, it's not like somebody's going to say, Mo, I got this jab. It's unbelievable. You're going to do it with your front hand. Whoever thought of that, huh? I mean, it's a jab with the front (laughs) hand. Oh, wait, that's a cross. Okay, never mind. Um, I mean, like, so the the idea of, of the problem with that is that when you take sports like boxing and wrestling and stuff like that, there's not really secret stuff. There's just like timing. There's just details and things like that. And and the tournaments, there were so many more tournaments back then, you know, on a boxing scale or a wrestling scale than there were on a jiu-jitsu scale that it, it made people very hesitant to question anything in jiu-jitsu. And then especially when you throw in things like wrestling where it's like, you know, when you take somebody like Reed – 89% of jujitsu stuff is not going to work on that dude immediately. Like, he's just not going to work because he's got too much of an understanding of wrestling to counter most jujitsu. So then that's another can of worms that was not talked about back then either. Because again, it was like, well, wrestlers, are they do wrestling. We don't do wrestling, we do jujitsu. And it's like, well, I don't know, it kind of looks similar. Kind of looks like they're kicking our ass doing stuff that looks very similar, but it seems to work better. Maybe we should do some of that. You know what I mean? Like that that idea... Just wasn't there then. Versus now, you watch stuff, and it's like they're wrestling. They're doing they're doing all sorts of heel hooks. They're doing sambo stuff. They're doing everything, whatever works. And they test it out. It gets tournament. You see what works. Okay, everybody's in the gym trying to figure out this that. We're gonna counter this, and it and it becomes like a nuclear arms race. And it just goes faster and faster because there's just more competition. There's more information out there. Um, but back then, it was it just wasn't like that. And I think that that's why jiu-jitsu is way better now. I mean, it's just way better. It's way f- more fun to watch. The people are way better at it, and they learn much faster right from the get-go. Because there has to be independent thinking. Because if it's, if an instructor is just sh- you know, oh, it's only going to be this way. If his students get blown away in a tournament, it's like, well, you're wrong, old man. Like it, there's no more of that shielding of information unless you really. If you want to be humbled,
2: them. yeah. If you want to be humbled in 2022, just go to Reddit. You'll see yeah. some independent thinking done there.
1: Oh, yeah, now, Talk it's
2: about a... professional contrarians, like yes. people that just do the opposite just for the yeah. sake of doing the opposite. People that just want to bring you down yeah. for the sake of breaking you down. Yeah. Um, yeah, Reddit. But going back to, you know, sometimes you do yourself a disservice, right, by... For example, you don't like the messenger. Yeah. So you, but but even though the messenger is delivering a good message, yeah. you'll just completely blow off the message because you don't like the messenger. And I see that. I well, I haven't seen it happen a lot, but I I I've seen it a few times where there's someone in jiu-jitsu, really good at jujitsu, yeah. but people think that they know that person, even though they've never met him, but they're just yeah. like, I see his internet personality and yeah. I don't like the dude. And yeah. because I don't like the dude. I'm not going to look at his Jiu Jitsu or learn yeah. from his Jiu Jitsu. And I've always kind of been like, man, I don't care who you are. If, if you have something to teach, whether it's about life, business, Jiu Jitsu, and I feel like it can enhance my life kind of about kind of the same way you were talking about the author, you and I uh, shall not name uh, on this <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Um, same thing if which if, if you have something that's going to enhance my life, I really don't care uh, about you personally because I'm focused on the message and whether or not the message makes my life better or improves any aspect of my life.
1: Yeah, and I think, so to to sort of add on to that, I think that where people get into trouble, especially in something like jujitsu, because it's a smaller sport where you still have the possibility of training with the best people and meeting them and learning from them and all that, is people mix the line between, I could learn from this person versus, I want to hang out with this person or I want this person to be my instructor day in and day out. Like those are very different things than being like, yeah, this guy just did this really cool thing and I'm going to learn it. And he doesn't seem like my kind of guy, but man, this is, thing is really cool versus this guy did this really cool thing. Uh, I, I guess I got to have him be my instructor now. And I guess I got to hang out with him. And I guess I got to listen to all his theories about life. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that with other sports, we can, we have a little That's more. So That's true
2: that you just going going yes. No, I, I I'm sorry to cut you off, but just no. that cultish mentality yeah. in jujitsu, you see that so much yes. where they're like, okay, I really like the jiu-jitsu he's teaching. So that means I gotta follow his politics, his religion, yeah. his yeah. thoughts on marriage and, and dating and, and eating and yeah and you know, um how I should get dressed, everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. like they literally your becomes your master. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true. And it, no, you know, man, you're just here to teach me about jiu-jitsu. I, I don't, I, yeah, you're not here to teach me anything else.
1: And and that's, I think, again, because it's a smaller sport and because it has sort of some of those weird elements, it's easy to get the message and the messenger mixed versus if you take something like football, it's a you know, much bigger sport, much more money, all that. Like if I listen to like, this is what Tom Brady does, like this is how he eats and this is the exercise stuff he does for longevity, I know nothing about Tom. I know he's a good-looking dude who's married to a Brazilian model or whatever, Like, and I know he's good at football. I don't know really anything else about Tom Brady besides that, but I also know he's in his 40s still playing at the highest level in a very rough combat sport or a contact sport. So I, I would definitely listen to what is this guy eating, what kind of workout stuff is this guy doing. I'm, I'm curious to know because I'm interested in longevity and things like that. Like him as a person, I I, I don't care. Like it, it means nothing to me because it's not like if I like it, oh well, you know Tom will come to my house for you know a hundred bucks and 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 prep my kitchen for a thousand bucks. He'll cook for you? No, he won't. I mean, like it's it's not even a possibility. So it's easier, I think, to separate the message from the messenger when things are a little more distant like that. Yeah, it's not like anybody's you know?
2: saying, well, I like the way Tom works out. I guess we got to be friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Right, no, right. don't don't worry about that. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, I I don't know. It's, it's something that it's not easy to do and 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 it's not, it's not easy to, I think it's more something to strive for than something that you're actually going to achieve because it's, it's impossible not to be influenced by people. And it's impossible not to be, um, to like certain people and not like other people,
2: you know? Yeah, a hundred percent agreed. And I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself and applying it to everybody else, which I have a tendency to do, (laughs) but I feel like, um, most people, uh, do the opposite. They'll, they'll, they, when they like someone, they'll, they, they they'll like someone and they'll usually buy something that's not necessarily yes. going to benefit them as opposed to, I think, I think there's a lot of people out there that are like, eh, I don't really like the guy, but, uh, that's, that, that sure could help me. So I'm going to go ahead and use it, whether it be, yeah. you know, business or working out. And, the, to me the the other one is way more dangerous right where you like someone and you're buying something from them even though it doesn't benefit you which is it's, the whole way it's it's what the influencer economics uh, is is basically based on yeah that's yeah it's your basic con artist i
1: mean like or it's it's a good con artist because you know people think of a con artist as being some like sleazy whatever person it's like well that's a bad con artist a good con artist is is probably somebody who you don't even notice or or you're just like, man, I really like this guy like or, or whatever It's somebody that you have positive feelings for versus like the one that's that are bad at it then you're like, oh, this guy's a con artist but but when they're good at it, you like them. That's the thing. I mean, and if that becomes then you have to start questioning your own judgment. So it's a discipline. I think it's a discipline to on both ends too because it's a discipline on what you intake in realizing, okay, I like this person, but I'm I'm letting my likeness sort of shade my vision versus this one. I don't like this person, but man, what they're saying is true. And then also how you present things because you know there was a great interview or there's a great thing where there's Steve Jobs is talking to a bunch of engineers long ago. And there's like the one cranky engineer who's like, well, I don't think you know much about engineering because you're wrong about this, this and this. And he's trying to like do this sort of gotcha thing. Like, you know, you're Steve Jobs. I saw that interview. Yeah. That was great. He's like, yeah. yeah, he's like, you know, you think you're an engineer. And Steve Jobs is basically saying like, my job is to have a vision of what people would want and present that vision. My job is not like the intricacies of the engineering or getting all the like, I hire people for that. You know what I mean? Like, so, so Steve Jobs understood yes, he's an engineer, and, and Elon Musk is a, is a type of engineer as well, but ultimately, they are salespeople. They are people that present ideas and sell people on them, and they're extremely good at them. Elon Musk is an extremely good salesman, um, as was Steve Jobs. And understanding that there is still a way to, you know, if you believe in whatever it is you're doing, then I think there's still ways to figure out how can I sell this the best I can and develop those those interpersonal selling skills. I think that's important. I tend to also think it's important to have the integrity part of it as well, just because it's the right thing to do. And and quite honestly, you probably will make more money over the long run doing it that way anyway. But I think it's like there's a lot of people out there that are hesitant to learn sort of interpersonal skills or or sales skills or anything like that because like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, I've just got this cool thing. I don't want to sell it. Like, I just want to design it. I don't want to sell it or whatever. And it's like, well, you're really, really limiting yourself in that case. And and you're really, if you believe in it, you're hurting the other people. And this is, we've talked about this with jujitsu, where it's like, you got these great jujitsu instructors that do no marketing, do no anything. And it's like, you're great at teaching something that you think has a lot of value for a lot of people, but you refuse to tell anybody about it. Well, now you're doing a disservice to all the people that will never know about what you can do for them because you think it's gonna violate your principles or turn you into a McDojo or whatever. It's like, well, not. you're kind of I was gonna say you're getting you're slapping that person in the face, you're doing something worse. You're having somebody else slap them in the face, they don't know to cover up, clinch, take the guy down, and pound him out. No, they don't know any of that stuff because you never taught them jujitsu. So now they're just getting slapped in the face by somebody else. That's what you're doing. So
2: don't do that. That's beautiful. don't do that i think that's it (laughs) mic drop to listen to this episode or check out our past past episodes go to the jujitsu of life also check us out on apple itunes like review subscribe shout out to robles makers of the world's finest custom jujitsu apparel nobody can be you better than you robles be authentic we make custom geese yellow pine investments makes custom warehouses be sure to check them out also check out Quantum Leap for all your digital design needs. Uh, As always, I'm Mo. that's Carter. We thank you guys for listening and wish you nothing but the best both on and off the mat. Thank you, guys.
0: That's it for this episode of the Jiu-Jitsu of Life. Your hosts are Carter Fisk and Mo Siddiqui. This podcast is brought to you by Rulbliss, makers of the world's finest custom Jiu-Jitsu apparel you can subscribe to the Robless newsletter to get the exclusive content at robless.com. You can find more episodes of this show on our website at thejujitsuoflife.com. And you can subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we wish you a great week, both on and off the mat.